0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the last and final episode of the Summer Series. I wanted to give a big shout-out to Susanna for doing this Summer Series with me. It was such a good time. We had such a blast. And I'm thinking we have to do something over the winter. Uh, Please like and follow the show. You can follow us on iTunes or on Spotify. Leave us a review. And one more time, just a big shout-out to Susanna Friedman for... Being such a sport and doing this with me. We had a blast. Enjoy the last and final summer series episode.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our fourth and final installment of the summer series of the Yogi Misfit Sessions. I'm Susanna Friedman. And of course, we have
0: Danny Pomploon.
1: And I'm in the driver's seat today which I'm super stoked on because I think actually Danny can answer a lot of these questions better than I can. Um, But today we're going to talk about, we call this one, let's get physical. So this is like really specific questions about our physical practice, since for many of us, that's the doorway in. And it's the thing that kind of keeps us tethered to the practice. It's the thing that brings us back. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's just dive into it. Are you ready?
0: I mean, I guess, I, why would, that's weird that you would peg me for the physical things. I don't get it.
1: I know, it's so weird. For those it's of like, you who don't know, Danny is a very alignment-based teacher. And <laughs> he is a nerd. Yeah, that's
0: what I was going to say. <laughs>
1: on anatomy.
0: It's not that I'm an alignment-based teacher. I'm just, listen, you guys, I'm single. I have no friends and I'm a nerd.
1: <laughs> he has more friends than... He can count don't don't believe his bullshit
0: <laughs> my idea of a good time is laying in bed and opening up volume one of anatomy for vinyasa flow
1: <laughs> i know it's so uh, yeah it's so amazing
0: what we i i just gonna up my nerd game by the way for those of you other nerds out there i just purchased and started reading anatomy trains oh my gosh It is. It's now beyond just the muscle groups themselves, but the myofascial system and the body. And I'm learning about how your toe is connected to your forehead, and it's insane.
1: It's insane. That's awesome. Can you say that book again?
0: The name is the name of the book is Anatomy Trains. Warning, warning. It is a big read and a lot to take in if you're not down with the anatomy world. But it is like next level, blow your mind stuff.
1: So first, get know your anatomy. And, yes, and then maybe,
0: read and them. then call me when you're having a breakdown after you open after you start reading the first three pages. <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: I'll talk you down.
1: Okay, should we just give out your number right now?
0: Yeah, oh. eight six seven five three zero oh, nine, <laughs> and then let's get physical. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: So the first question is. Um, how, because we're, we had a lot of questions about injuries. So we tried to kind of hone it into things that we hear all the time.
0: And a lot of them were actually, when I was putting them together, a lot of these were like re like repetitive questions. Like right. I think the second or third question in there, like we got like five or six times.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying is we tried to like find the things that we hear all the time and and answer those questions. And I'm going to add one if we have time, but, Let's do it. um, Okay. <laughs> how to avoid wrist and hamstring injuries.
0: Okay. This is going to be a full episode on just wrists because I have a lot to say about this. So, here's my thing on any vinyasa-based class that people forget about, right? I would say the the three injuries, the, the top 3 injuries in yoga, wrist, Shoulders and hamstrings.
1: Exactly. So, can you that's, add? Can you add shoulders into that? Because that's what I was going to add.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, here's my thing with the. I actually, it's so funny. I actually, I was, I was on somebody else's podcast talking about wrist and how. Um, I did this little video series that's going to be available in, in July on my website on, arm balance cheap plug. By the way, in July you get you'll see that, <laughs> you'll see my five video series for only five ninety nine. It's not five ninety nine. It's more than that, but um. It's, a, it's an arm balance uh, series and it's called Flight School. And one of my videos is dedicated just to your wrist. And then a second video is dedicated to your wrist one more time. So what we forget about in yoga that I'm super passionate about and and, and it's, it's very apparent in my classes, but like you are weight bearing on your hands in yoga, right? Mm-hmm. So you have now for the most of it anyway, specifically when we start to like go upside down and whatnot, but a lot of the times... We are weight bearing on our hands, like a good, I would say at least more than half the time we're there at 60%, I'll say, because there are a bunch of standing poses as well, for sure. But our bodies are not made to weight bear on the wrist, right? We are meant to, we're humans. So we stand on our feet. And when we stand on our feet, our ankles support that, right? And then our calves support the ankles, right? So our ankles were built to carry the amount of weight that we hold are your wrists aren't meant to do that. Right. They were never built to be ankles. Ankles are built to be ankles and wrists are to be, that just makes sense. Um, But that's not to say that the wrist cannot do what the ankles do. We just now have to flip our minds a little bit, not our bodies, but our minds and start to think of the wrist like ankles. So here is my jam on the wrist. Before any vinyasa-based practice, I think everybody should warm up their wrist. I think teachers should teach maybe some wrist warm up. or I think we talked about this like two episodes ago, but like, you know, before you take an all levels class, you should have to do a private. And in that private, it should be warm up your wrist before anything else, because they are about to take a beating. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know how to maneuver that. Right. So here's, here's my thing on avoiding wrist injury. One, warm up your wrist. Take care of them like you would anything else. You're not gonna go into full splits without warming up, you know, your groins and your hamstrings and, you know, everything else that goes with that. You're not just gonna like drop into it and, and go boom, right? Why would you just start to do stuff on your wrist without getting them ready? So a couple things that you can do to get the wrist ready. There's a few ways to go around it. Um, one of the things that I love to do is just kind of it's interlacing your fingers together, right? So you're making like one big fist and then like little figure eights with your wrist, one direction, and then little figure eights in the other direction. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then the other way to do it is let's say you're in tabletop position. So for those, for, uh, you know, for the listeners right now, I want you to try to picture this with me And, and Susanna, if you get lost in this, help me out so I can clarify it, but in tabletop position, right. Your hands are right underneath your shoulders, your hips are, you know, right above uh, the knees there. And then with your hands, you wanna turn your hands upside down. So now the top of the hand is down on the mat. You're looking at your palm and your fingertips is facing towards you, right? Both hands go upside down like this. And then you try to find the action of moving the mat forward while you lean back a little bit. So that's gonna give your top of the form a little bit of a stretch, right? Or a little release. It
1: up really quickly. And Say so that's one that um, not many people think to do. We think of like turning our fingers to face the opposite way and mm-hmm. stretching the inside of the wrist. So when you do do that one, go into it really gently because we often think that we have more mobility there than we do or that it's right. going to be less sensitive than it actually is.
0: You'll, I mean, but you'll know too, like for, you know, for those of you that are going to try this, like a little bit goes a long way on all this stuff. You'll, you won't need much and you'll be like, Oh, the second one that I like to do is. So back to tabletop, hands are back in neutral. You turn the wrist crease forward, right? So now your fingertips are facing you. The palm is still down on the mat. And then you bend your elbow in towards your body so you're not overextending the arm. And then you do the same on the other hand, right? So now both wrist creases are facing forward. Fingertips are facing you. And then you find the action of pushing your mat forward while your body lightly leans back. this is opening up not only the forearm, but also the carpal tunnel, which helps prevent the syndrome. I teach this- Like almost at the start of every class. Now, there's different variations of doing this stuff, um, you know, before and after as well. That's my first step is warming up your wrist. Now, the second thing that we need to talk about is your forearms are a big supporter of the wrist. They're a huge supporter of the wrist. And we don't warm up the forearms as they should be, I think. I don't really go into a yoga class and feel that, right? I don't really feel like you 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 do a ton of warming up of the forearms. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is called flashlights, and you can just send your arm straight forward while you're seated or whatever, standing up. Like you're trying to give someone a high ten, and then you close the hand, so four fingers together, kind of thumb on the top, like you're making a fist, and you open it up, and then you close it, and then you open it, and then you close it, and you open it and you, it, and you close it, and you open it, and you keep going, and you actually eventually speed it up until you feel like your forearms are going to fall off. And when you feel like your forearms are going to fall off, that's normally when they're warm. Mm-hmm. So to take care of the wrist. You got to warm up the forearms, which are going to be a big supporter of the wrist. And you got to just warm up the wrists themselves and then cool off the wrist. You definitely have to cool off the wrist. What I like to do is take like one forearm down and then I'll use the second forearm as like a little foam roller, never touching the wrist crease itself. It's a joint. There's too much soft tissue in there you want to be mindful of. That is my spiel on the wrist. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about the wrist, but I really, really, really do think that we need to get more into the habit of not only teaching it, but also doing it before any, any vinyasa class. The last part I want to talk about in the wrist is when you're putting your hands in down dog, most people do not do this. If you're looking at your hands in downward facing dog, you have the pinky side and you have the thumb side, right? Or the radial and the ulna side. We'll just say the pinky side and the thumb side with no need for big words. We love to shift more weight onto the pinky side. And you can actually see it where people start to close off their hands and they shift a little more weight into the outer edge of the wrist. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to tell you is that on that pinky side, on that, that where the wrist bone is itself, that is all cartilage. There is no joint there. There's no nothing. It Cartilage gets damaged and it doesn't go back. So what I want you to then think about is shifting more weight to the index finger and the thumb side. There's this teacher based out of Hawaii, and I forget her name. Her name is Nikki something, I forget her last name. I apologize for forgetting the last name, but she taught me at this Yoga Journal Conference years ago, it's the inner triad of the hand, right? So the index finger and thumb, if you were to draw a little line in between those two guys, kind of looks like a triangle, pushing the index finger and thumb down, that little webbing down, that side in there has a joint, It's the radial carpal joint that actually loves to build strength. So if you leave yoga class with some wrist soreness on the, on the thumb side, rather than on the pinky side, that's actually okay news, right? Because you're starting to build strength there. It likes to build strength when you leave yoga class or, or whatever it is that you're doing with, with wrist pain on the outside, that's not the best news. Cause you've got a lot of cartilage there.
1: Yeah. And
0: well, the other thing is, you know, when you're starting to go into arm, again, I could talk about this for, for a long time. But I, I'll, I'll try to squeeze in the other stuff as well. The other thing is when you're going into arm balancing, knowing that you're going to go far forward into the fingertips. And, and I guess the last thing, uh, you know, to the wrist is your hands aren't pancake down on the ground. They're not flat. Your hand actually has an arch, like your foot would have an arch. Mm-hmm. So when you're placing your hands down, what I want you to think about is grabbing hold of a basketball, right? So there's a slight little curvature of the hand or like you have like, um yeah, like a basketball underneath your hand or even like a uh, like a like a dinner plate. There's still a little bit of a rounding in that plate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you push down with the finger pads first. Then you push down with that second knuckle line. So that's the one closest to your knuckle, the big knuckles themselves. And then from there, you push the perimeter of the hand down. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the outer rim of the hand, and that creates an arch in the hand. What do arches do? They support. They support. So if you can support and distribute that weight a little more evenly, mm-hmm. ah, way much better for your wrist. Yeah. That's my spiel on the wrist.
1: I think that's a um, great spiel on the wrist.
0: That's. I feel like that was a lot. Well, I just talked for a long time on that. Okay, what was? Uh, are we? What? What's the next thing?
1: Well, I just want to mention really quickly that um, the other thing that happens a lot is not only rolling onto the outer edge of the hand, but. Being in the heel of the hand, not pressing through the tips of the fingers, yeah, and that compresses the wrist joint so much, which then compresses the elbow, which then compresses the shoulder, and we have to remember like uh, we name different body parts different things, but nothing is separate. Mm-hmm. and so like pressing through the tips of your fingers is going to um, create more ease in your shoulder girdle,
0: yeah, so yeah,
1: just like that's just my little yeah, addition. I love it. Um, okay. We're going to move on because we have some other really good questions. Okay. Um, I think, can you do the ham avoiding hamstring injury pretty quickly?
0: Oh my gosh. This is so easy. Like just don't overstretch your hamstrings. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's, you you know, my teacher, um, has really, really changed my teaching dynamically in this theory, but you know, he has a really good podcast out. Um, this was like last year, I think, but The hamstrings are way overstretched in yoga. And we think that, you know, we have to stretch, we have to stretch, we have to stretch. But any muscle that needs to get longer has to get bigger and vice versa. You know, you have to, I think I I said this. uh, Say it again.
1: By bigger, you mean stronger.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we overstretch the hamstrings. Hamstrings, yeah, can be tight, but we don't have to just like go, you know, the distance immediately. There's a big difference between sensation and pain. And we know- our bodies know and our bodies tell us, but we choose not to listen and that's when injury happens.
1: Yeah. I, you know,
0: I, I think, uh, uh, <laughs> what did Jason say when people, oh yeah, it was, you know, like when people, people are like, uh, you know, I got injured, you know, like I, I got injured because of yoga and it's like, did you? Were you walking down a street and like you turn the corner and then yoga like assaulted you, <laughs> like you, like threw a baseball bat at your head or at your knee? And you're like, yeah, like, no, you hurt yourself doing right. yoga. You showed up and you didn't listen. And you know, well, the teacher told me to do it. No, that's not how it works. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Um, I think it's also just uh, one thing that I like makes total sense, but really solidified for me in um, part of Jason's training as well. Um, and the podcast is, uh, for you guys, the podcast that he's interviewed on a lot is called yoga land and it's his wife's podcast, Andrea Ferretti. but he's on there a lot. Um, but if you want to search for that, that's what it's called yoga land. Um, and, uh, in terms of once your hamstrings are injured, figuring out where they're injured, is it in the middle of the muscle or is it down behind the knee or is it up in the butt? Because right. oftentimes when people are like, if your hamstrings hurt, bend your knees. But if it's up in the insertion point in your glute, that's going to be a little sharper and it's going to hurt more. Right. In that case, you probably want to just come up, lift the whole torso up higher, you know? Yeah. And yeah. But if it's back down in the knee, then yeah, bend your knees a little bit.
0: And I'll, I'll add on to that too. In general, hamstrings need to be strengthened more. Yeah. Like way more. Great. Right. We, we, uh, we we overstretch them in, in, in a lot of things they, they need, they need to be strengthened as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're going to move on so that we can get a couple other questions. Okay. So the next question is,
0: (laughs) I I felt myself getting fired up, but I was talking about wrist.
1: I heard the heat rising.
0: Like in a good way though. Like I, so I'm, I'm really like, take care of your wrist, everybody. I want you to practice forever.
1: Passion. We call it passion. 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 Wrist passion. (laughs) very common.
0: All right. Next question.
1: Um, So the next question is, I'm going to switch these questions around a little bit because this one kind of goes with that one. Uh, Practicing while injured. Like what are Mm -hmm. some good key tips to remember when you're practicing and you have an injury?
0: So about a year, about a year ago, I had a pretty bad shoulder injury. Um and uh, lo- the long and the short of it is uh, I had a slap tear. Uh, that's a big fancy way of saying I had a tear in my shoulder um, and uh, it caused really bad inflammation because my shoulder was unstable and it took me about 11 months for that pain to go away. Then I had to build the strength on top of that. You can do any yoga class for the most of it with almost any injury if you learn how to get out of your head. And if you learn how to get out of the outcome of a yoga pose, right? So, you know, it has to look this way. It doesn't have to look a certain way. You know, like if you taking one micro inch into the pose is still going into the pose. It's just not going to the pose where you would like it to go or where everyone else is going, but that doesn't take away from your practice, so i didn't practice for a while and actually my excuse was like i'm injured i can't practice and my friend was like you can't do yin yoga and i was like oh yeah i can do yin yoga and she was like you can't go home and do legs up the wall and then meditate for 20 minutes and i was like i can do those things yeah you know so i think we get used to this rigorous vinyasa i do anyway um you know, this rigorous vinyasa based practice where we flow and we flow and we keep going. And that's kind of what nourishes us to an extent. And then we don't have that. And because that's gone, everything else has gone too. And I'm guilty of this. Like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I was telling people I couldn't practice yoga. Yeah, I could practice yoga. I just didn't want to look at it in a different way. Yeah. So- the first thing I would say is when you're injured, don't don't tell your yoga teacher that you know you you are injured and that you you're asking you know how they can get better through this. That yoga teachers aren't there to tell you medical advice; they're yoga teachers. And anyone any yoga teacher that is giving you medical advice like that, they better be a doctor or a physical therapist in addition to teaching yoga, because the professionals are there to diagnose you. We're not. You know, we can, we can then say, Hey, Oh, that, that's an injury. We might know how to be able to work with something like that after we know it, but we, that's not our, that's not our realm. Yeah. First thing I would say is if you're injured, always, always, always go see your, your physical therapist and your doctor. Those are like my two, I have a physical therapist that, um, that I, I work with in the city. Um, he has made my injuries, you know, exponentially better. So what I do is I teach really bad yoga classes, and then when people get injured, he gives me 20% of all the people I... 20% of wait, the proceeds. Right, right. Uh, this is the... Wow. This got awkward.
1: It was... I saw where the joke was going, and it was like really good because your tone didn't change at all. So I just want to say the delivery <laughs> would be perfect. Like you did a great job, but then you just fucked it up.
0: <laughs> I tried. Anyway, I got this physical therapist that I work with that anytime anyone's injured in my class, I say, you know, go see this person. I trust them, you know, because obviously he's fixed my body. Um, And then go get diagnosed. And then when you get that diagnosis, you can say, oh, okay, my hamstring is torn. You know, a good student of mine said, I can't reach my arms this far over my head. You know, what do I do for down dog? And I was like, let's do tabletop with some blocks underneath your hands and, you know, see if that works. And it worked. And she's in class every week doing tabletop with blocks underneath her hands as her down dog. You know, like that works. So what I would say is, you know, kind of, this is a long-winded answer. How do you practice when you're injured? You practice and you avoid the injury and you always let your injury dictate the practice, right? Jason taught me that. You never push past the injury. When the injury is talking to you, right? It's because the body is in the right now. It's in the right now moment and it's telling you to listen and your job is to listen We get injured or we exasperate the injury when we say, fuck it, I'm just going to listen to what my mind wants and I'm going to keep going, right? It's really easy to get caught up in that fire, in that heat of like, nope, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. And injuries teach us patience. Yeah.
1: And I would also add to that, well, I have a couple, yeah, a couple things. One is I broke my first bone last year. I broke one of my ribs, which um, is really painful because it makes breathing really painful, Um, so it's kind of like this whole thing and, 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 um, you know, there was a while where like everything hurt and Mm -hmm. that was a time where I just had to say, like, just do your meditation, keep studying and don't move and be okay with it. Right. You know, so there is, there are those times, but they're very few and far between. They're not as often as we think at all. For example, I used to have a student who had an amputated leg from the knee down. So she mm-hmm. practiced with, a, uh, you know, um, a prosthetic lower leg and foot mm-hmm. and she, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have a student, had a student also who was deaf and she would come every class. And just follow along as best she could. So just like, you know, our things aren't usually as big as we think they are. And we love drama. So we like to make them really big. Right. Leave that for when the big things actually.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point. And, And, you know. That's definitely an extremity. But like if people, you know, in wheelchairs are doing this, we can do it. I prompt with, we can do it with the with the bummed ankle. You might just sit, you know, and that might be your yoga practice, but that's a really tough practice. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I was going to tell another story, but we've got more questions. Okay. We'll have story time later. Um. Okay. So how to get back into yoga after not practicing for a long time
0: show up next question
1: (laughs) yeah i show up yeah i don't think we actually need to spend that much time on that question
0: no it's it's listen here's here's what i'll say you know to that half the battle is getting to the yoga class you know and obviously if you haven't been practicing in a few years don't jump into a level three class you know like that might not be unless you know, your practice was, you know, a level three practice for a really long time and you feel like you can keep with that, keep up with that. But like, feel free to be humble and start with the beginner's class or even just start going to a yin class or how to get back into yoga when you haven't been practicing for a long time. Do yoga 10 minutes at your house, do legs up the wall, Right. do two two sun salutations every morning when you wake up. That's yoga.
1: I would, this is my advice and it comes from a place of um, deep, deep compassion and love. And Mm -hmm. I truly mean that. Get over yourself. Over yourself. Like I have to get over myself all the time, and what that means is like, just uh, what's the saying? What it means is like, um, listen to your higher nature, listen to your higher angels. You know. Yeah. That's right. That's the right voice. The lower voices that say like, oh, I can't do this because I'm blah 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 blah. Um, those are the ego voices that really keep us down right right get over yourself yeah yeah we're done with that
0: yeah yeah that's done that's easy you just show up
1: this one i feel like is also pretty easy but maybe you have but it might just be easy because we've been doing this for such a long time so maybe this is going to be an interesting one sure um so pairing your practice with what your body is feeling
0: Mm, that's good you know i think that's I think that we could easily overanalyze. You know what we're doing, and the teacher, you know, <laughs> teachers are not dictators, right? They're not there to say you have to do this right then and there, right? We're we're giving you. Uh, I mean, I would hope that most of us are giving you highly um, educated suggestions um, that would be good for your body. But at the end of the day, you have to listen. So if you're, you know, waking up that day after you got four hours of sleep and you are stressed out because your kid kept you up all night and you have to go to work and work an eight hour shift or whatever it is, you know, and, and you're exhausted, but you still want to go to yoga. Your body may not want to do a full, you know, heavy flow class. You may just want to take time out for yourself. And sometimes that's. Couple sun salutations and child's pose. Sometimes that's sun salutations and maybe a backbend or two and then shavasana. You know, it's really listening to what your body needs. At the same time, you know, there's I talk a lot about this, you know, in class right now, but there's two sides of the body, it's physical and also emotional. And we, I think, as a society, maybe, or, or maybe this is what I just, well, maybe this is my perception of it, but we're afraid to talk a lot of, about a lot of the emotional stuff, right? We're, we don't want to necessarily bring that in because it feels like we're airing out our laundry or, or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'll give you an example. I have, you know, I, when my mother passed a few years ago, you know, I still went to yoga and my practice looked a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't because I didn't have the energy to move and it wasn't because I didn't have, you know, the, uh, the know-how on what to do. It's just not what my heart needed. Yeah. You know, what I needed to do was go in that class and be really compassionate to myself and, and not be, I didn't need to give myself an ass kicking. What I needed to give myself was a little bit of love and I needed to be in class to feel like I was, you know, a part of something bigger and feeling supported. And it was some of the best practices I'd ever had. Yeah you know, and it was some of the the most challenging practices I'd ever had, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think ag- acknowledging with what you're showing up with, whether that's full or not, and that's to give yourself full permission to, to feel those things as well. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've cried on my mat, and, and also, you know, been so joyous on my mat because I've been injured physically and because of emotional stuff going on—broken hearts, you know, being dumped, being, you know, uh, you know, getting a really cool, uh, you know, merit or award, or you know, being featured in whatever, like whatever it is, you know, whatever whatever good thing I consider good that's happened. Like, I felt both of those things before, both sides of it, and I think that you really. You know, you just have to, as cheesy or cliche as it sounds, you have to drop in and pause and just listen. You know, we're not doing, don't do the yoga that that looks good. Do the yoga that feels good.
1: I want to add something to that because we're going to have to wrap this up in a second, and I want to kind of be the counterpoint to that, Um, which is know when it's getting um, self indulgent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like for those of us who are more in touch with our emotions or who explore that often. Um, sometimes you have to not like, don't not listen to your emotion, but at a certain point you have to understand that you are not your emotion and you can't be dictated only by your emotions. Sure. So like for people who, who have a harder time tapping into their emotional body, um, sitting with that and, and like maybe even just sitting through a 90 minute class is like the most beautiful thing. For someone who already sits with their emotions all the time and it's becoming really indulgent, you know, get into your body, get into your physical body and work that through your physical body. So there are two, like, it really depends. Again, it's all about listening to your body.
0: Your body, yeah. To what
1: you need.
0: Yeah. It's being honest with yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't be an asshole.
0: Exactly right. <laughs> to, to yourself
1: Don't be an asshole to anybody
0: And yeah. to yourself
1: To yourself, to the people around you, yeah Okay, well, Danny I just want to say that it has been Such a pleasure to do This series with you, I can't wait For our Winter Wonderland series Susanna, thank you So Much Oh my god, thank you so much <laughs> You're so good at yoga
0: it's, I <laughs> can't, can't with you. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, with me these last four episodes. It's been a lot of fun, actually.
1: Yeah, and we're definitely going to do it again. So, stay posted for when our next round of bullshit <laughs> go on, and on. I love it. Okay, well, this is uh, Susanna and.
0: Danny Pomploon.
1: Signing off for this round of summer series for the Yogi Misfit sessions. Love you. Bye, guys.
0: Peace out.